Hello, Air Warriors, and welcome to another episode of Chevrons, the podcast of the Enlisted Force. I'll be one of your hosts, Chief Master Sergeant Sean Sullivan, and I am joined by... I am Mr. Tim Sandlin from the 102nd Intelligence Wing Public Affairs Office. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Chevrons. And today our guest is Chief Master Sergeant Cliff Miller. Uh, Chief Master Sergeant Miller is the J-5 SEL. Now, the J-5 is the Directorate of Logistics Policy and International Affairs, and Chief Miller specifically handles the international affairs with an emphasis on the Massachusetts National Guard State Partnership Program. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Our little focus is going to be on our state partnership program. So, Chief Miller, thank you for joining me. Man, it's an honor to be here, Chief. I, uh, I This is my first podcast ever. Uh, I've never even done one with a friend. I'm, I'm a little, I don't even like listening to myself on a recorded telephone message, to tell you the truth. So bear with me, folks. We're, uh, we've got some good material, I promise. But, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. What's your military story, and how did you get to your current position? Well, that's that's an interesting tale, and it could go on for hours. But I, uh, I did join active duty Air Force back in 1995 uh, after a couple of semesters of college. Seeing the uh, student loans pack, uh, pile up, you know, it's, it's a very familiar story to many people. Sure. However, I did get married before I joined. Um, so it was it was uh, an extra extra thought process in there. And, and I, I went in open mechanical and uh, with, with the stellar ASVAB scores. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can choose from any job you want. Vehicle maintenance is open for you. And, uh, and, and literally, that's, uh, that's how I ended up uh, in the vehicle maintenance career field. Great. So uh, when uh, my first duty duty assignment was uh, was uh, McIntyre Air Force Base, and uh, I had a great time there. Uh, learned, you know, a ton of you know my basic skills. Um, you know, always thought your mechanics will always tell you they're the best. So it's uh, it's always funny to learn that you have a new best and how much you don't know when uh, a new problem uh, arises and you and you have to solve it. So I was active duty for. Uh, almost 13 years wow. and uh, I uh, went to Ramstein um, and uh, and ended up at Elmendorf Air Force Base um, all, all vehicle maintenance the whole time um, and then I had a uh, I really appreciated um, Alaska's beauty and and I was pretty much uh, taking in so I uh, I ended up joining the guard from there instead of PCS and, uh, I'm from Colorado originally so the, the mountains had their draw so yeah. I spent 10 years uh, in, at Ellendorf, um, including my active duty service time, transferred over to the 176th uh, wing um, and worked for the 212th uh, Rescue Squadron as uh, you know, as their uh, logistics uh, guy and their uh, vehicle maintenance guy. And I was managed to uh, jump on the technician program, um, got a spot there. And, you know, was, I, I thought I, I'd met all my goals. Uh, I was working my way towards master sergeant. Um, WG-10, Title 32 technician. This life was excellent and stable. <laughs> um, so I progressed into, uh, uh, well, uh, I'm not sure if you're if everybody's familiar with the, the BRAC. Um, uh, oh, yes. Space relocate, uh, allocation of uh, closing. So we, uh, 176 Wing uh, Coolest Air National Guard Base got closed down. So we moved on to the big Air Force Base. And at that point, we had to, give up some positions, so I transferred over to Title V um, civilian mechanic at, at the Duty wing, and then uh, I ended up being an M-Day guy for a couple of years, and 
lo and behold, uh, opportunity came up at the 168th wing, which is uh, Duffy Fairbanks. And I just took a risk. I was sitting uh, at about 15 years uh, service and said, you know, I'm going I'm to take a swing at it. I was sitting in a tech sergeant billet and, a, and there was a chief billet that opened up. So I was super fortunate. That's great. Uh, I didn't think I had a chance in the world, but I took a risk and, and left at it. Was was selected and developed through there. The 168th wing did a great job. Several mentors there that uh, showed me the ropes and, uh, and and got me the the real professionalism that I needed uh, to to lead airmen and uh, take chances. I, I championed the you know, several programs for for airman development and uh, professional development. Uh, you know. I always pride myself on being a pretty good party coordinator. So, <laughs> all those family activities. So uh, it's the yeah, intangible it's, uh, skills, Chief. It's the intangible skills that get you the job. Intangible skills. Well, if, if there's one word that that sums me up, it's probably intangible. There is no direct <laughs> path, and that's why it's tough for me to to, to tell you about where I came from. And, and this is my. You might get an idea of how bad my interviews go because it's it's hard for me to to focus on one you know, event or path that, that got me to where I'm at. So long story long, I, uh, I ended up, um, as the uh, chief there at, uh, vehicle maintenance, uh, fleet manager pursuing opportunities, uh, within my function and, and, you know, within the wing and things were kind of going on. And, and I was, I was kind of wondering what, what am I going to do next? And, and everybody that, that is, uh, is, uh, you know, been in that position always, like, okay, I didn't even think I was going to make chief, so what am I going to do next? And an opportunity for ADOS uh, orders came up in, uh, in, in here in D.C. for uh, the National Guard Bureau of Space Operations. Uh, and I put in for it, just left at it. Yeah. And I, I was fortunate enough to be selected for that. Spent uh, a year and a half as the, uh, the, the only chief on the NGB uh, space ops staff uh, and their uh, uh, senior enlisted leader. Um, or uh, and their uh, S4 is really what I, my title was the the S4 superintendent taking care of logistics and and whatnot for uh, developing proposed space uh, space national guard. Anyways, from there uh, we, we kind of stalled out, and and sure enough, uh, SEA Whitehead really uh, had a vision on. And uh, it was uh, Colonel Matt Wenthe at the time as the J53 uh, uh, International Affairs uh, uh, Chief that uh, we're, they were looking for a, a certain personality that to engage in international affairs. And, and I, I came to mind and they, they brought me on. So it was it was one of those weird paths. Uh, and now I'm sitting as the, uh, the NGB J5 senior enlisted leader global traveler and international man of mystery with long introductions. <laughs> Do you get a, uh, a briefcase and a, uh, a fedora and a trench coat? You know, around? I, uh, I try to be as inconspicuous as possible. I, I you know, I think uh, the, it depends on where I'm going, but it, that is in the, in the repertoire there. The <laughs> I just wanted to thank, uh, you know, first, first thing out, I just wanted to thank uh, uh, Chief Miller for joining us. Um, just my Mia Copa. Um, I got had the opportunity to meet with and now work closely with Chief Miller for going over a year now. 
uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in a variety of different things. And we have managed to become close. I wanted him as a guest on here uh, from pretty much from hello, because what he is doing for the guard and with emphasis on on what these uh, state partnership missions and and opportunities have for our enlisted folks. I just thought that this was just just a, a great opportunity uh, to get the the chief who is basically uh, manning this program, you know, uh, pulling all the levers and and giving it traction and getting it out there on here to explain to our listeners exactly what the state partnership program is and exactly uh, the value that it has. I just want to thank you for for being on here, Chief. Uh, I I know this is going to be another great episode because I know most of our listeners, they think SPP and they think it's some motor oil sticker on the back of a NASCAR. Um, But it is not. It is a high-value program. So thank you for being a guest. (laughs) It is my honor to be on here. This is my first podcast, and I'm a little nervous. Uh, I was talking to Tim for a little bit here. Uh, I, I'm trying to work out the, the jitters, but uh, this it's an incredible opportunity to, to have this audience and uh, and whoever might hear this. Uh, I'm proud to represent uh, the enlisted force and in, in the international affairs and the, the state partnership program. Uh, just like you, uh, I SBP does sound like uh, a brand uh, sticker and it rolls off the tongue pretty good. Uh, but it's it's been a learning process, and I, I really want to change that and uh, push the opportunity earlier to enlisted uh, careers, uh, you know, just for their perception and their engagement. So thank you very much for being here, or let me be here. No, I, I, I actually, my first question for you is, how many state partners are there? In other words, you know, does every state have a partner? And how many partnerships do we have across the uh, the spectrum? Well, see, this is a, a kind of a complicated question. It's not. It really isn't that complicated. Okay, I can say we've got 87 partnership partnerships um, with uh, 95 countries at this point, but the uh, we do have countries that have uh, fallen into the uh, you know we're not actively engaged with them and. Uh, let me uh, read those off. We've got uh, Bolivia and Cambodia and Venezuela. Those are our, our three, uh, we call them dormant partnerships. The, we didn't uh, officially end the partnership. We're there when they're ready, their government's ready uh, to engage. But at this point, um, it's been a little bit less. And actually, Bolivia, I think we've had uh, a couple interactions. And you gave me a lot of credit for pulling all the levers and everything. But I'm telling you, this, uh, this river's like six miles wide and when i first got here i was a quarter inch deep and now i'm about an inch and a half so uh, i i am in a great position to answer questions because i've got the experts around me and the support of the j53 and j5 staff it's uh it really is a team and ultimately that the state partnership program directors in every joint force headquarters those folks are are really the heroes that are, uh, that are coordinating all these uh, individual efforts uh, for all these countries and partnerships. Well, I would imagine you've so got all these moving parts, um, but you also have probably a lot of eyeballs watching the program, like people from the State Department, all, every governor, you know, right up to the executive branch. Everybody's watching, right? That That's correct. You know, the, uh, the DSCA, in my 
Air National Guard, you know, in my wing mentality was uh, defense support of civil authorities. And there's another agency that's out there, which is the Defense Security Cooperation Agency. And that's the DSCA that really monitors our engagement and uh, what we, the objectives um, that we're supporting across the you know, United States and across the globe. They, they we, you know, somebody's got to have the overall points on mission. And they're the ones that say, yeah, that's a great objective. And, and these are the politics that are going on. So we, we really have to be underneath uh, you know, that cascading uh, leadership and direction. What are some of the highlights of the state partnership program? I mean, is there, what is, what would you say one of the bigger success stories is with a nation we may partner, partnered with recently uh, that that's paid big dividends? Yeah. That's a, that's a softball question and it's the, it's the talk of the town. Uh, Ukraine-California relationship and, and the way that it just all fell into place uh, when, when Russia invaded uh, Ukraine. They, you know, California was the, the first people they called the, uh, the, the relationship that they've developed over the past 30 years have just, it, it paid huge dividends in, in uh, just the relaxed conversation. I know who I'm going to talk to and I don't want to talk to a familiar face, a familiar person, and, and that was uh, California and Ukraine. That's, I, I hear it um, several times and, I, and um, I, I can't tell you how much these individual relationships across the globe matter. And you never know where it's going to matter most. So the Guard does the best job because we have the biggest net of consistent engagement with these partners. And really, these guys go to PME together. They do uh, events together as you know, young sergeants and uh, young uh, officers. And one day, we're into that development path where they're now chiefs of defense and uh, command senior enlisted leaders. So these these relationships they go deep, and they're they're it's just a wide net. So we're we're there for when it, when anything happens, but ultimately we're there just to make friends. The state partnership program is all about relationships. You really can't do it wrong. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, just like every relationship, you have your ups and downs, but as long as you're making progress and staying engaged, it's, it's just all goodness. I find it, um, unique that, you know, we've got NATO and we're part of NATO and we have NATO countries. Um, this is beyond NATO. These are countries that are not in NATO and, and that we have relationships with. And that's amazing to me. It, it really uh, we uh, look at my map in my office here, and, and when, you, when you talk about all those, you know, over 90 countries engaged, and and in you know critical AORs, we really wanted to talk about the operational aspect of uh, SBP. But you know, what what is operational about a relationship? It, we do teach them skills, and we, and we do that. But I, ultimately, it's it's just the uh, the familiarity and the trust that you build um, across the globe. And you're absolutely right. It's not just NATO. It's uh, it is the entire, almost the entire uh, South American continent, you know, spread out across Africa, um, all of the Indo-Pacom, and, and of course Europe and Central Asia. It's it's just a, uh, it's awesome. And, you know, and we're, I'm very proud of this program. Yeah, and like you were saying, that now in light. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Chief. I was going to say, in light of recent events, you know, with with the success, the the well publicized success of the Ukrainian military, and you know the roots that it had with the state partnership program in California. I mean, that wasn't 
that wasn't the only factor, but it was one of the factors uh, that helped change the way that they do business and, and reorganize and, and uh, how it, it has led to their success. Has that initiated a domino effect of other nations that have not been part of the state partnership program or uh, didn't have a partner? Is there now an increased demand of countries that were not involved that are looking for partners? Absolutely. We have seen a surge. Well, everybody, not only uh, countries, but, uh, you know, also senators. Uh, Everybody wants to know more about SVP and what's the magic behind it, because we are we are pretty much an underdog. a lot of uh, Northern European countries, uh, with the addition of uh, Austria, that changed the, that changed the whole landscape. Normally, people think of uh, the partnership program as a as a hand up, and this is a more a parallel uh, relationship where you know where we have peer to peer engagement, and so that that maybe uh, changed people's uh, perspective of, of what we can and what we can do and and, and how the partnership looks. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, uh, it's kind of fortuitous for like, especially a country that gets hard hit by, um, but what, you know, countries that are hit by natural disasters and there's already a relationship built there, uh, you know, for for a country gets hit, say, by a a big uh, hurricane or a um, or an earthquake, Absolutely. you know, there's already a relationship established, which probably makes logistics so much easier. Absolutely. It's, it's just like that, that trusted, you know, path, you know, when it, you know, a lot of times just, it's, it's just banter back and forth. A lot of WhatsApp, a lot of signal, yeah. um, not, not official chatter, but just, Hey, how's it going? And, and, and that just keeps the relationship warm. And when it needs to search, you, you call a friend and, and that's, that's exactly what they do. That's great. Um, these guys, we've got uh, bilateral affairs officers in each of these countries. You know, most of these countries, um, there's always uh, a little bit of transition and going in and out. But um, for the most part, we've got boots on the ground at an embassy that's uh, in each of these countries. So they, they're a great sensor for, for all all agencies uh, when asked to use it. And that's one good good point about the partnerships that we have is that the slant isn't just on you know, on military matters. It's not just, we're not just there to give them a lean on, you know, uh, when you think of traditional things that the military uses uh, or, or has necessity for, like, you know, troop formations or aircraft deployments, whatever. It is also a big part of that is what can we do to assist you in other things where we provide assistance, you know, in our own country, particularly in the National Guard with, as you said, you know, natural disasters. Which brings us to Massachusetts. One of our partners is Paraguay. And Paraguay has uh, um, uh, had an ask for Massachusetts on firefighting and firefighting equipment and how to do forest fires and stuff like that, which has led to a lot of new initiatives and a lot of, of work that we're doing now with Paraguay, uh, trying to provide them with fallout gear. Um, different departments in Massachusetts, they get uh, a bunch of fallout gear. They get multiple sets of fallout gear and they end up with extra, you know, uh, fallout gear, uh, stuff like that, helping to equip them, uh, helping them with, you know, how they fight firefighters. What are they doing with, you know, uh, with, um, uh, you know, fire brigades and fire lines, command and control of firefighters. And it just started off with a simple ask from Paraguay. Hey, Massachusetts, do you do anything with firefighting? You know, we could use some help with that. 
And it's just turned into an opportunity for our guardsmen uh, and, and a lot of enlisted guardsmen, predominantly an effort that was, you know, our our uh, soldiers and airmen predominantly, was predominantly soldiers, but our uh, National Guardsmen going over and engaging with them and helping them with, you know, ideas on how to fight fires, ideas on, on equipping, ideas on communication. So it's just like one little thing where these relationships uh, can leverage and you're really improving um, how your partner can conduct business just by tools that we can bring to the table. That's, uh, it, it's, it, it absolutely floors me how awesome that, uh, that these individual conversations happen. And I've seen it uh, time and time again. I, I get to interact with the, the tags, you know, right? I get to witness the tags and the, uh, and the chiefs of defense as they, as they talk. And it, and it really does come up to that, that small ask, oh, and the light bulb goes off and, well, we have this capability. And it's even, you know, the next level is when it, you know, moves over into the civil side and we've got, uh, you know, mayors and uh, governors and, and businesses that, that trans, uh, that, that, that interact along with the, the same lines and it, it blossoms from there. And, and the, the broader that partnership, the, the more information you receive and, and the more they engage, it's, it's an incredible trust. So Chief Miller and I had an opportunity to be part of uh, Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force Bass. She had a senior enlisted international leadership summit that happens every two years. And I was invited as a National Guard representative and Chief Miller was invited as the SPP representative. I believe, uh, Chief, there were 61 nations that we had there. It was incredible representation of air power and leadership on the enlisted force. Across the globe. It was fantastic. And not every member there had a state partner, but several of the state partners that uh, that we have in the National Guard spoke, one of them being the uh, chief of the Air Force for Ukraine. Absolutely. And, and Chief Miller and I were there and attending. And when they pointed out that Chief Miller was the state partnership program um, that that fell under his his purvy uh, in his J five office, and after uh, the chief from Ukraine spoke, there was a line of countries and their senior enlisted leaders that do not have a state partner. How many how many countries do you think lined up and talked to uh, talk to you, and then eventually uh, about the state partnership program, looking for a partner after that conference? You know, it was it was tough to tell in the in the in the auditorium there, where I, I focused on one face at a time. It's it's so incredible to have that desire and the and the capability to uh, to talk to it. Um, they they've. I, your guess is as good as mine. I'd say at least a, a dozen folks approached me and said, hey, how do we get involved? Um, you know, and what's the, what's the next step? It was amazing, the interest um, and it, the impact that it could have, because then stories started flowing from senior enlisted leaders from other countries that were talking about things that they had done and engagements that they had had with their partners. And one of our other partners, Kenya, uh, I, I, for the first time, uh, got to meet face-to-face with their senior enlisted leader. 
And we started talking uh, about different things that they'd like to do there that I've now brought to our state, uh, our, our uh, SPP director here at the Joint Force Headquarters, and that we're already looking to bring to them. So it's these, these little engagements. It's just amazing to me how much these conversations that you have with your partners can just just bear so much fruit and lead to so many good things for both, for both us being able to partner with that country and help them and just what they can get out of the relationship. And, it, it, and it's a symbiotic relationship. I think you and I got more out of engaging with these partners and what they gave us than anything we could provide them. I, I agree. I, I, it's, I learned something new every single time and, and, a lot of folks may go into this uh, thinking, you know, the you know the military, the U.S. military is, is the the best in the world, and I I agree. But when I approach somebody individually, I learn something every, every time I, I contact these folks. It's uh it's been incredible uh, experience to watch the uh, and really, really the the states do it the best because they're the most consistent. I I've got a, a broad purview of all those 95 countries, but you know it's your your you know, Chief Master Sergeant Sean Sullivan's conversation with the uh, leadership of Kenya and the leadership of Paraguay that that really develops, plants these seeds and, uh, and gets these ideas going. Oh, my turn. <laughs> yes. Right, do we want to go? Wait, into I, figured you could, you could, I figured you could ask the next question, the how do people get involved? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so, Chief... Um, I'm sure uh, our listeners are curious right now. How do I get involved in this program? How how do I volunteer for duty in the SPP program? Um, and, and what kind of qualifications is the program looking for? Well, this is uh, this is a complicated question because each state manages their own SPP program. Uh, each Joint Force Headquarters has a, a state partnership program director, an SPPD. And they really coordinate the efforts of the state. What I would say if I was a, a young staff sergeant in a, in a shop somewhere and I wanted to get involved, I would look at my skill set, first of all, and I would definitely work through my chain of command and, and say, hey, how can we apply our skills uh, to the, the state partners that we have? And then I would you know, just keep escalating. And ultimately, uh, it, it, it just... Uh, it has to be a, a combination of, of the country wanting exactly what you got to provide. And a lot of it is universal. So there's not uh, necessarily a specific AFSC. Sometimes it's professional military education. It's sometimes it's, uh, you know, life skills or, or it could be combat skills. It's, uh, it's, it really depends on the partner. But I would definitely uh, utilize your uh, chain of command and then get to know who your state partnership program director is and see what their objectives are. Talk to your leaders, ask them about it. It's, there's a good chance that they may not know and you might plant the seed for them to get involved. Sure. And that's what it takes. It's a culmination of efforts uh, to go across the globe and, and engage with uh, other military services. And for anybody uh, from Massachusetts who's listening, um, uh, and, and I'm sure it does not differ with, with any other state, your state command chiefs know who the SPP directors are. Your state command chiefs are going to know what engagements are going on. Your state command chiefs are going to know what's coming down the pike. So the common theme here, again, I'll say it again, your state command chiefs. So uh, 
if you're a uh, young airman out there, you would like to get involved, uh, you'd like to know what any future engagements are, uh, a good conduit would be to reach to your Joint Force Headquarters uh, or to your State Command Chief. Um, we're, we might not have anything going on. We might not have a skill set that, that would, uh, would be applicable for anything that's happening in the future. But uh, if you, you know, shoot uh, you know, from Massachusetts, if one of my airmen, if you shoot me an email and say, you know, I'm so-and-so, uh, this is my AFSC, and here's some additional skills I bring to the table, um, I-, I would like to be considered for a future opportunity. Uh, and that's where we get our, our, our names from. Now, it's ultimately going to come down as far as people who get selected for things or what you can do. Uh, there's the two caveats, uh, you know, or the two prongs. One of the prong is what do you bring to the table and does this meet the ask from our state partner? And the other caveat is your own command structure. You're going to have to go through your own commander, your own command chief, your own supervisor, your own you know squadron group command. You're going to have to go through your commands to see if you could be accepted uh, on there. This is not uh, the, the state command chief and the SPP director and all of us. We do not pick the players. Those are picked through your individual commands. But uh, at least we would have a name and it gives us the opportunity to turn around and say, hey, you know, we had a, a couple of ready names, you know, uh, you know, um, wing chief, wing commander, uh, just want to push these back down to you. Now you can, you know, cycle it back down to the individual. Uh, but that would be the two prongs. Uh, you have to go through your own command leadership and it has to meet the criteria. But your state command chief would be the probably the, the best conduit of information because we sit in on a lot of meetings. We engage. Uh, I, I see our SPP director every day that I come into the office. And uh, if there's something on the hop or something brewing, um, then he will let me know, and I'm always uh, looking for opportunities to get our enlisted folks out and or involved in some of these engagements. Now, some engagements happen within states. Some engagements are remote, where you go to the host country. Some are virtual, um, but they all help build that partnership. Well, and Chief, I'll say one thing. Uh, one of the reoccurring themes on Chevron's is, you know, uh, broadening your career, broadening you know, career broadening opportunities, and this is certainly one of them and probably one that people don't think of immediately when they think of career broadening. You think stat tours, you think, you know, going to state headquarters and doing a a tour or down to NGB. SPP is probably not at the top of the list of what people think of when they think of career broadening. And this is a perfect opportunity to not only broaden your career, but represent your country and your force and bring whatever knowledge and education and, and experience that you have to bear to help other service members, just like you, but wearing a different uniform. That's exactly it. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed the, the stories that come out of these uh, activities, the events that they have, because you can't, you can't ever screw it up. I mean, when it's screwed up, is actually a better story because overcoming the the logistics, uh, you know, when, when you get there in country and you're trying to set up the activity, everybody feels that stress. But, you know, they all come out on the other side together and it ultimately leads to a good story, which leads to a good memory and a good relationship uh, on the other side. Chief, I got one final question for you before we go. Is there anything you'd want to add? Is there anything that we didn't ask you or anything that you'd want to bring up uh, about either your career or your office or your vision of SPP for the future? Well, I'd say that 
I'd, I'd like to offer that NGB is uh, just uh, one of the, the layers in there. I know at the state level, you're very focused. I'd like to give a plug actually at the joint staff. I know I'm a member. Uh, we put the bureau in bureaucracy, but it's uh, it really is essential for uh, supporting the Chief National Bureau uh, to have a consolidation team. You know, take all the 54 input and uh, and and try to make that in a digestible format. Once you reach this level, it's it's uh, really difficult to take all the information in and and make sense of it all. So. Uh, that's my plug for Joint Staff Guard Bureau, ADOS. Um, if it wasn't for ADOS, you know, I'd never have this opportunity. So take a chance, broaden your career, do do a couple, you know, years or, or five years, um, but take take a chance and, and watch those uh, announcements on the on the uh, HR website. Let's see here, what else? I would, you know, my vision for uh, the SBP uh, enlisted force is going to be to create a network of multi-capable. National Guard NCOs within international affairs that are employed at the Joint Force Headquarters, embassy of each partner country, and uh, that are capable in their own tactical AFSCs and MOSs, but are also supplemented with uh, international affairs experience. Uh, these uh, skills and relationships will lead to a great, you know, senior enlisted leader one day. So it'd be a great tool to have in your pocket. I, I do want to add one more thing. In my introduction, it was all military related. I do want to give a shout out to my family, uh, my wife, Adrian, and, and my twin boys, my two daughters, uh, and, and all their support while I've you know, been doing all this stuff. Because being a, a global man of mystery, it's been <laughs> an international man of history. It's been uh, tough to support, you know, with all the travel that I do. Um, my parents, my brother, Brett, said I had to give him a shout out, too. So I don't know if you can uh, splice this in anywhere. But oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I definitely uh, owe, owe my, my own support network a uh, huge debt of gratitude. Chief Miller, I want to thank you for coming on uh, and telling us a little bit more about this. This really it's, it's a program, in my opinion, that is of vital importance. And it is mostly because we are not going to be able to move forward in the future or to get involved in the next fight if there is a next fight without our partners. Uh, there's nothing that we can do as a nation, as a military, as an Air Force, without having partners throughout the globe and building those relationships, forging those bonds, having those friendships. And that is where this SPP program comes in and you know creates friends. It builds wells, not walls. And that's the thing that, uh, that you need the most uh, with, our, with our nations and our militaries moving forward. You know, uh, more wells and less walls between us. So I want to thank you for your time here and uh, letting us know a lot more about the SPP program. I appreciate it, sir. Uh, please uh, share my contact info as much as you want. I've got my business cards everywhere. Uh, there's, I, I love answering questions and I'll get to it. You send me an email, I'll, I'll answer it. Yes, you do. You are good with your emails. I know occasionally you're out of pocket, but you have never left me hanging for more than a short period of time. And for our listeners out there, uh, my fellow Air Warriors and those of you who are listening, thank you for joining us for another episode of Chevron's. Uh, and in concluding, I want to say I appreciate your listenership. And if you out there in the field have any ideas for people that you would like to have us interview or any ideas that, uh, that you'd like to have us bring to the table, uh, please shoot me an email. I am 
sean.sullivan.17 at us.af.mil. Shoot me an email and we will see what we can do about getting your guest of choice on here or a topic of your choice. Or be a guest yourself. There you go. We, we are always looking for talent because I'm definitely not it. <laughs> uh, you're getting better and better every episode. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I Excellent. This is awesome. Well, that's a wrap. 